Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to wherever you are at whatever time you may be watching this. Welcome to the 12th episode of the LVM Podcast. My name is Rebecca Benny, and today I'll be talking about the severity of death threats, why people should be held accountable, and our role of speaking up. So yeah, I know it's been a while since I have uploaded on this channel, on my page, and you know, I would say I have a fair enough reason as to why I've been MIA. You know, usually I wouldn't really give the details as to why I've been gone or haven't posted in a while because, you know, we have priorities and we have to take care of our mental health. But, you know, unfortunately, as you can tell by the title of this video, um, it has to deal with why I have started this page. And I feel like, you know, it's part of my duty to raise awareness about this type of situation and have people talk about it. Oh so, yeah, I mean, death threats is something that I had to deal with at the beginning of 2022, which is an absolute amazing way to start off the year. And I had to start off my year dealing with um, insane people, I would say. Before I talk about what actually happened, um, I just want to explain that I will not be going to detail, you know, about the reasons why it happened. Maybe in the future I will disclose that, but the importance of this video is to understand the significance of death threats and why we all need to take them seriously. So all of you must be wondering what happened. So basically, at the end of March, one of my dad's employees sent threatening text messages to my dad, pretty much saying that he's going to kill him. And if you guys have been following along with my journey and me telling my story and the reason why I have started this page, you will know that this is common territory for my father and I, as my mom was literally killed by her own coworker. So this is something that we're not playing around with. Not only did this person threaten to kill my dad, but he had the audacity to bring up my mother in the conversation and pretty much used her death against my father. I will be actually reading the text out loud for everyone to hear because I think it's important that people realize that this stuff happens and that people are capable of doing this. If you are watching this on YouTube, I will have you know the screenshots or the text messages on the screen for you guys to read along with. I won't be revealing their identity just out of respect, even though this person does not deserve an ounce of respect from me, but I'm just going to be respectful. Um, but I will be giving them a code name, and this person's name is Taylor in this scenario. So before I start reading, I just want to give a warning about the language that is used. So viewer's discretion is advised, and um, I will not be reading the previous messages that led up to this, led up to Taylor threatening my dad. Um, but I'm going to start from when he starts talking about my mom and actually threatening my dad. So Taylor first starts texting my dad through their work group chat so that everyone can see. All right, Taylor states, don't end up stabbed to death like your wife. Hugs and kisses. See you soon. My dad then continues to say, what's my wife got to do with this? I'm sorry. You need help. Then Taylor continues on and says, you're lucky I don't come up there and slap the fuck out of you. I can play the petty game better than you, bitch. There isn't a line I won't cross. Then my dad continues on and says, Okay, I'll call, I'll call the cops and know what you said. Then Taylor continues and says, Boo-hoo, pussy. 
And then my dad states, well, thanks. I appreciate your comments. Taylor continues and says, cry to your dead wife about it. My dad states, I got witnesses on the chat. Thanks. And Taylor continues saying, congratulations. If I stab you in the fucking throat, you will have witnesses for that. My dad ends that group conversation saying, yes, I will. God is my witness in your chats on the group chat. I did nothing wrong to you. You did it to yourself. I don't know what ticked you off. It's okay. So that was the group chat. And then he continues to text my dad separately, you know, not in the group chat. And Taylor says, hope you show up to work tomorrow. Let's just say tomorrow is the day I go to jail for the rest of my life. See you tomorrow. You ain't getting away from the consequences of you saying all that shit to me over the past two weeks. Your consequence is death. I will stab you in the fucking stomach and slit your throat. See you tomorrow. The difference between you and I is I will throw my entire life away to end yours. And, and that's that. That is exactly what Taylor texted my father. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy to know what people will actually say or do um, in this world. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to go into the details, but, you know, I don't think anyone has the right to ever bring someone's wife or just loved one in general and try to use that against them just because they're angry about something. Like, don't bring other people who aren't involved in the situation. So there are three parts that I want to bring up when it comes to death threats. The first part is obviously talking about the person who is sending the death the death threats. Um, Second is talking about people who enable and don't um, hold the threatener accountable for their actions. And third is, you know, just speaking up and actually taking action about the whole situation. So when it comes to the person sending the death threats, it's important to know that it never just comes out of nowhere. There's always going to be subtle hints over time that people just sometimes overlook. Especially in this case about Taylor, there was a series of events beforehand and it just kind of built up and it came to this point. And as terrible as it may sound, I'm not really surprised that Taylor did this just based on knowing about his character and his previous actions. So when it comes to certain hints, especially about Taylor, about things that should have opened other people's eyes around him include his aggression his short temper, his lack of respect, you know, the fact that he has assaulted people in the past before, just his anger in general. He does not like to be corrected, you know, especially when working with my dad, when my dad would just try to tell him like, oh, this is something that you could improve on. He would not appreciate that. He will feel very entitled, continue doing what he was doing beforehand and doesn't feel like that he even should be corrected. He thinks that everything he does is already the perfect way. He's also very controlling and very impulsive, as we can see, that he just doesn't think about his actions, about about what he's doing, and doesn't even consider the fact that there will be consequences for his actions. So in the beginning, while he was working with my dad, these are certain characteristics that he did show Um, just through customer service as first. He would be rude and disrespectful with the customers. And then eventually as time went on, he started disrespecting my dad, including other 
um, text messages that he did send my dad that were aggressive but weren't as serious as the death threats. But, you know, this was, like I said, a buildup of different events over time. And these are just a few hints that we should be able to detect or just try to see within those around us, especially, you know, if there are coworkers or our friends. At the end of the day, we need to be able to protect ourselves and others around us that we do care about and ultimately protecting that person as well so that they don't harm themselves down the road. You know, this is a way that we can help them seek help because it, it is a mental health thing, but you know, it shouldn't have to escalate further. So within the few times that I had met him, you know, there happened to be some discussion about his career and what his interests are. And why I'm bringing this up and why it's important to bring this up is because considering his character, it is important to know what they want to do as there are some professions in this world that cannot, it cannot be acceptable to have this type of character, um, if that makes any sense. And when I heard about his career interests, you know, it really was kind of frightening in a way. The first two careers that he did mention that he was interested in was to become a teacher and a soccer coach, which is basically mentoring children. And for someone who is very impatient and aggressive, it is difficult to be a teacher or a coach because with children, doesn't matter their age, you need to be very patient with them. Imagine if a child was being very disrespectful in the classroom, like how would he be able to handle that? Or if someone was to not be able to score the winning goal, how would he respect them? You know, these are things that people really need to think about. We don't know like every single teacher and their demeanor in the classroom, you know? And the actual career that was very surprising to me is something that he was actually trying to actively pursue beginning of this year in January was to become a police officer and when I first heard this you know there's a set of mixed emotions because like you want to laugh at how ridiculous how ridiculous it is that someone like him wants to be a police officer but then at the same time it really is frightening because if someone like him with his character is in the police academy just imagine that's just an added person who's going to add to the damage that is already happening within this country, you know? And it's just really irritating to know that people with his type of character and attitude want to even become a police officer because people like him, they have no type of remorse for others. They don't really care for others and they only care about themselves at the end of the day. And, you know, like I said about just adding to that cycle, it's just imagine if he was accepted into the academy, you know, it's just continuing with it because you know what people this happens till this day we see it with our own very eyes and it's just annoying because they think someone is mentally fit to be accepted into the police academy and then what's going to happen the next few weeks when things start to build up things just go crazy I mean just imagine if he was a police officer he was having a really really bad day and he sees a person that may have done something minor but he thinks that they were completely completely incorrect and probably thinks they deserve to die just because he thinks Taylor thinks he is right about what he's doing 
And this is why, you know, I'm saying like just these subtle hints that we should also see for ourselves that, you know, other bigger organizations probably won't even consider. So when it comes to the person that is threatening others, you know, it's important to know that there's always going to be subtle hints and there's just some things that we shouldn't be ignoring. Which comes to my second point about our role um, when it comes to death threats. We need to stop enabling people, holding them accountable, and, you know, also setting up boundaries for ourselves so that people don't think they can just walk all over us. Before I get into the reasons why we shouldn't enable someone, I just want to point out the fact that there is no one at fault besides the person who is obviously sending the threats um, because, you know, they're the ones that are choosing to do that. But I do want to state that sometimes we do have a part in it, especially when we are supporting the person. And I believe that people who do support that person should also be held accountable for their actions as well. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering if Taylor was such a terrible employee and was disrespectful to other people, why was he still there? And I'll give you two reasons why. First is because you know, COVID kind of hit a lot of businesses in a sense that it was hard to find people to work. My dad, you know, felt like he needed to keep him there because of that. And in another sense, um, as much as I, it's annoying for me to bring this up. Um, my cousin also works at the store with my father and she is dating Taylor. So, in a sense, my dad felt like he had this family obligation to her to not fire him because he didn't want her to get upset and ruin their relationship and, you know, because he needed both of them to work. So, he felt like he was in a tight spot and needed to keep Taylor there working. In this case of, you know, this specific situation, the enablers of Taylor are my dad and my cousin. When it comes to my dad and my cousin together, they both used Taylor's family background as an excuse to not correct him or try to confront him on certain issues. And that is never okay to do because we're all adults here. And sometimes in order for us to grow, we need to have these challenging conversations so that we can do better. And if you're not able to have those conversations, then maybe, maybe just maybe, you need to seek some help. And yes, I do know that some people don't want help, but at least if we know that we're doing the best that we can, then we can at least try to move on somehow from that. Like I mentioned about confronting him about his mistakes, you know, they didn't do it to their best of their ability because in the past he would get upset and would it make and would make excuses so if he didn't make a mistake they would just correct it themselves and not even mention it to him so when it comes to my dad separately um in his case of enabling and not trying to hold taylor accountable for his actions the night um of taylor starting to kill my dad I told my dad straight up that you need to get a restraining order to, you know, obviously protect yourself and everyone here. And he 
Um, he agreed that night. But then the next morning, my dad was like, I don't want to get the restraining order because I don't want to ruin his life. And I'm like, how are you ruining his life? Getting a restraining order is not going to undo the damage that he's already done. You need to be able to protect yourself, protect the people in this house, and do the best of your ability to know that you're going to be okay at least. Like, how are people supposed to learn anything if they're not held accountable for their actions? Like, you don't get to threaten to kill someone, move on with your life, and act like you're not, like you weren't just about to kill them. You need to realize that you did something incorrect. But I mean, thank God my dad did eventually agree to get the restraining order. But I mean, just imagine if my dad didn't. Taylor would have been roaming around with his life, acting like he didn't do anything wrong because he didn't have to face the consequences of his actions. But, you know, when it comes to my cousin, it is actually unbelievable what she chooses to ignore and how she does enable him. So when my dad did file for the restraining order, um, she had the audacity to tell my dad to cancel it. Imagine trying to have someone threaten another person to kill them and not hold them accountable for what they've done. Like, do you, do you guys, like, hear, like, how crazy that is? Because, I mean, you know, as I'm speaking about it out loud, you know, it's just, it's really mind-blowing to know how people really choose to not take accountability. And not only that, you know, even before Taylor threatened to kill my dad, she also has, you know, even more of a history of enabling him for his previous actions that he has done. So around the end of January, Taylor had made a very impulsive decision, which affected my dad. I mean, eventually it was kind of resolved. Um, but then in February, I decided to sit down with my cousin, have a talk with her. And I mentioned Taylor's behavior as well. And she stated that he is changing. Not only did Taylor's behavior not change, he got worse. He started doing other things as well. You know, Taylor became aggressive again, sending disrespectful text messages to my father. Not only did my cousin say she was going to handle the situation on her own, but she told my dad to forget about it, to just ignore it, and to just focus on himself. And let me tell y'all something. Ignoring and pushing this type of issue to the side does not solve anything. If anything, it can just make it worse because like I said, things build up and that's how things escalate. A week prior to Taylor threatening my dad, I had a sit down with my cousin and my dad telling them that Taylor, that Taylor's behavior is not acceptable, that honestly he is not a good person especially to be working with and that he actually needs to seek help not only did my cousin ignore what i said she continued to create excuses for him and stated that there are always two sides of the story not only do i know his side because i had that sit down with her in february but she also had the audacity again to tell me that he's changing as a person. 
I mean, imagine, just imagine a week before your father has been threatened to be killed, that you are told that the person is changing by someone that is enabling them. Just imagine, like, does this even make any sense? Can someone explain this to me? Because obviously his behavior progressively got worse, but you're still trying to convince others that he's changing. It just seems like the math isn't adding up in my opinion. Either way, after the whole incident, um, she continued to try to justify his behavior and try to have others sympathize um, with what he had done. And honestly, sometimes I just can't help but think about if Taylor actually killed my dad, how she would be, if she would still be, you know, trying to justify his actions and supporting him, you know, because, you know, obviously till this day, she's still trying to enable his behavior. I feel like people only try to act like they care until something severe actually happens because apparently making death threats isn't severe enough. And not only that, I just think that people need to stop being intentionally blind. Like, I understand that it can be difficult because you want to see the best in the person and you want to help them out. But, I mean, come on. It comes to a point where you just need to put your reality glasses on. Like, what more do you want the world to show you that a person needs help? And sometimes when someone just can't take a hint, that just means that we need to do our part, speak up, and take action. Honestly, my whole life, um, I've just kept my opinions to myself. I mean, I'm an opinionated person, and sometimes my face just says it for me. But if someone were to do me wrong in the past, I would just let it slide and just let the world take care of it. But ever since, you know, I've been open about my mom's death, I've kind of adapted this mentality about just speaking up and, you know, not really caring about how people will react to what I say. You know, I just don't see a point in letting people get away with the things that they need to be held accountable for. And honestly, I'm kind of tired of people not being held accountable because we're kind of too old to just like walk away from things acting like we didn't do anything wrong, you know? So speaking up, especially when someone is threatening your loved one, is not a joke. You don't just get to sit back and say that they're not serious about it because how do you know if anyone is ever serious about it or not? Especially if someone has a history of assaulting someone. You already know that they're more than capable of actually hurting a person because they've already shown that through their actions. If someone were to ever threaten to bomb a place or even joke about it, you already know those people are on top of it like it's serious because that's not something you joke about. Even without even knowing who the person is, they're already going to surveillance the place. So I don't understand why it's not the same if someone's threatening to kill someone else. Why is that not taken seriously? Like, we just need to mentally check in with these people, you know, seek the help that they need. And, you know, call it in, do what we have to do. And maybe it is up to law enforcement, to whoever, to do what they have to do. But, you know, at least we're doing our part. And honestly, I will never, ever feel bad for speaking up and doing my part. Because I know what I'm doing is right. 
in certain situations it's important to know that the world is not just going to take care of it for you sometimes we're the only ones that are able to actually do something about it because other people will not take action for it so before i end this video i want to take some time to also acknowledge um the recent tragic events that have occurred um within buffalo new york and actually that happened a few hours ago while i'm recording um in texas as well it's just um really tiring to know that a lot of people don't take these issues seriously but i mean you know taking it back to the buffalo shooting um the guy that committed the act obviously did it as a hate crime and drove out hours to go to the specific place to kill people i mean imagine having no life just to end someone else's life and you know at this point i don't know every single detail but there were people that saw hints from this man beforehand yet chose not to act upon it because you know they didn't understand the severity of it or maybe they chose to ignore that but he literally went up to the store spoke to the employees of the store and called the customers derogatory names and these are the minor things that I'm talking about that people should be speaking about. But I mean, they don't. And why? Why don't they do that? Because we fail to realize or we just don't think that someone is capable of committing such acts. Like how many times does it take for everyone to realize or this world to realize that people are very capable of doing it and they will do it because they know that they can pretty much get away with it. And people literally have gone away with it. I mean, especially since he is a white man, he was literally able to walk out of that store without one single scratch on him. After killing so many people, he didn't even have one bullet in him. I mean, that's not the point of this video, but I mean, do you understand like how frustrating it is? And you know, for the recent Texas shooting, like that boy also shot his own grandmother like who knows what else was going on in that household who knows what was going on in his mind but he chose to you know ignore the signs that he was showing and all these threats that you know are made in beforehand like everything has to do with certain regulations that we need and obviously the mental help people also need no one does anything because you know we obviously have our own things to take care of but if there is something else going on and you do see the signs you know, just please do your part and do what you can with your own mental health going on. You know, take care of yourself because you just never know when that one person could just be messing up something. And honestly, sometimes it could just ruin your own future as well if you choose to ignore those signs. And honestly, you know, this has been a very difficult episode to record for me. Um, you know, I just want people to realize that these type of threats should be taken seriously. We need to be able to see the hints for what they are. We shouldn't overlook them. You know, enabling people is not okay, especially for someone who has so much aggression within them. We need to hold them accountable for their actions. And, you know, speaking up can be really important. It is vital in order to help our own future. I just want to thank all of you for your patience and, you know, for your continuous support um, on this journey of me sharing and raising homicide awareness. If you guys 
everyone to share your story um, and raise awareness for your loved ones. You can always DM me on Instagram at LVMAdvantage. Um, at LVMAdvantage. And you can also email me at LVMAdvantage at gmail.com. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have all the links down in the description box below. And I'm looking forward to raising homicide awareness with all of you and, you know, honoring our loved ones. So, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much again. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Bye.